Welcome to Moments with Marianne. Allow me to interrupt your train of thought with something that may be one of the most interesting things you hear today. This is Marianne Pastana, and we're here today with our special guest, Dr. Nala Kadaj Buryab, and she's here to share with us her new book, Untamable. Claim your power, live fearlessly, and become unstoppable. So Nala is the COO of a bank in Lebanon. She's the first woman to be appointed that position, and she's a head of women empowerment for the World Union of Arab Bankers. As the only woman holding this title in Lebanon, Nala is a widely renowned expert in building innovative, collaborative, and highly resilient organizations. She earned her doctorate from the University of Liverpool for her research on spirituality in the organization and has been recognized with the highest honors, earning seven awards for leadership excellence. So let's welcome to the show Nala Kadaj Budiab. Thank you, Marianne. I'm really grateful to have me to be here. Yeah, what an honor it is to have you here and to talk about this book. I got to ask you, what inspired you to write this book? Well, Marianne, you know, when you go through life, you reach a, a place where you can see the pattern of this life and you think you figured it out. So in my case, this actually happened to me. But to add to that, I embarked on a research uh, and I did my doctorate degree uh, with the topic of spirituality in the organization. And I realized that this is not really personal to me, but all the things I've learned through my own personal experience, I've actually validated through my doctorate degree. And when you see this, you run to share this information with the people you love because you want the suffering to stop all around. So initially, my purpose was to share this information with my sons. But then as I was writing the book, I felt totally spiritually inspired that I must do this and I must share this with the world. And whoever needs it will pick it up and will hopefully benefit from it. My goodness, what a powerful message that is. And so why do you feel like now is just the perfect time for you to release this book? Well, I, I believe that everything happens for a reason. Uh, I believe that there's a, picture, a bigger picture that we don't really see as human beings. And in this particular case, if you see the knowledge that is available to us out there, uh, so many scholars, so many scientists have done tremendous work in uh, creating knowledge that can actually help human potential. But you also look on the other side and you see people suffering, you see people stressed, anxiety. Most of us are living in survival mode. So the opportunity for us to tap into this knowledge while living in survival mode is really slim. And I thought it would be amazing to share with the world tips and techniques of how we can actually calm our thoughts, turn hardships into success stories, and benefit from the knowledge that's available to us. Because when we have calm thoughts, we're able to tap into this information, not before. So I've got to ask you, you know, you talk about calm thoughts. Is that a really difficult place for people to obtain? Well, Marianne, if you see people around you, or I know if by looking at my own life, we get really busy with life. 
And we spend the majority of our time reacting to events in our lives. Um, in a way, we're always dealing with the stress, with the anxiety of wanting things, of achieving things. Um, and this makes it impossible for us to calm our thoughts. Calming our thoughts is a, is a, is a critical factor in achieving our human potential. So yes, it is a fundamental um, concept that people need to understand. If, if I'm spending my life reacting and stressing over things, I'm depleting myself and I'm not tapping into core features I have as a human being. I need to learn to calm my thoughts and to have a different perspective on things so that I can manage situations better. More importantly, so I can unleash my own potential as a human being. So when we talk about this book, Untamable, you know, why is this a book that can help us right now? I believe that this is the time where people need to really focus on achieving true happiness. I believe that the world is living through such intensity, making it difficult for people to, to find happiness, uh, to live a high-quality life. Most of us work most of the day trying to, you know, just generate enough money to, to live. We barely survive. And we've kind of accepted that we are here to, you know, live, work, age, get sick, and die. And this is simply not why we were created, in my opinion. So I don't think it's going to get more intense than this. And if that intensity is going to trigger that kind of evolution, you know, the evolution of pushing humans to, to, to challenge and question this reality we're living in, then this is the time to do that because we have everything to gain and nothing to lose. Yeah, I mean, it's the perfect time, I think, for us to look at the future. And I know you talk about how it's better for us to dream about the future. Why is that? Well, I, I go back to, you know, everybody has uh, their views on who they are. I believe that humans were simply not designed to live life as robots. We were designed to live, to learn from life, to share, to love, and to create. And dreaming is part of creation. If you allow yourself to actually visualize the life you want, to dream of it, uh, and if that dream makes you feel good about it, you will actually realize that you can achieve it faster and you can enjoy it a lot faster than just not thinking about it and thinking of the obstacles that prevent you from reaching it. So dreaming is an innate feature in humanity that we must use. I'm excited that you're sharing this with us because it's such a, a big deal right now. I think so many people are reaching for dreams. We're reaching for a new life. And yes. my goodness, I mean, your story is quite profound because you've been there and done that. I think, I think when people read my story, they're going to uh, realize that they're reading their own stories. I think there's a story behind every human being. Uh, the, the difference in, in this book is that I was able to take uh, the intense events I've actually been through and I related them to my thought process, my decision-making process, so that I, I'm able to show the, the relationship between the actual event and the decision. So the book offers an illustration 
of how to apply some of these concepts to shift life from hardship to success. Yeah, to make that transition. So I know that you grew up in two different countries, Lebanon and Canada. I mean, what was it like in both countries? You know, uh, as you grow up, you you tend to kind of uh, blame your suffering or your pain on the place where you are living in. Uh, but as you as you go through the experiences, you recognize something that every country has something to offer, and every country has obstacles that you need to manage. So Lebanon is a beautiful country. The nature in Lebanon is a piece of heaven. I connect with it. I. I love being here. I love connecting with the people. However, it has a social structure that is built on fear and control. It's a social structure that tries to ensure that everyone is molded into what is acceptable for society. And this is true hardship for people who want to create. Um, And I felt this hardship tremendously. When we moved to Canada, although integration into Canada was really challenging for me as a child, Canada offers a loving, generous um, environment uh, and treats its citizens with a lot of dignity. However, the production system in Canada also consumes you into spending most of your time working to survive. So both countries tend to try to tame the innovator and the creator in us in, in different ways. And the challenge is for us to find this place where we are able to participate in in society and the structure that the society offers, but also retain our freedom and retain our power to create, to give, to share, to love, to learn. Well, that says untamable right there, you know, <laughs> and I, I know the, the full title of your book is untamable, claim your power, live fearlessly and become unstoppable. Yes. What, what made you decide that untamable is what you were going to go with for this book? Well, in, I wanted the, the title to really reflect uh, my emotions. I wanted it to really reflect my story. I wanted it to reflect everybody's story because we are so similar in so many different ways and uh, when you think of of a light imagine how difficult it is for you to try to dim the light it's really hard uh, because the light is totally untamable it goes everywhere you cannot put it in a box you cannot uh, define it it has to just shine all over it has to have a really high reach and we humans are designed to have that same reach. And I thought it was just very reflective on how I feel and what I hope for, you know, people would actually achieve. Your journey explains that so well, you know, and and I've got to kind of ask you about this. I was just kind of thinking about just some of the challenges that you had to overcome and face while you were making your journey, you know, with Lebanon and Canada. Somebody told me that uh, a friend of mine read my book um, and she said, you know, each one of us will actually go through one or two of the events that I've been through. But um, I've been lucky enough to have a very rich experience where I went through uh, a very high number of intense events. Um, And uh, I guess during the time as I was going through them, 
uh, it was hard. It was, it was not, uh, you know, I, I was not having fun with it at the time. But looking back at it now, I feel the richness of these experiences. You know, Marianne, when we decide to go to a, a particular university, we choose the university that will have the most difficult program because we know that the more challenging the program is, the more learning we will end up having. Where life is exactly the same, the more experiences we have and the harder the experience the more we're pushed to our limits. And this is what will make us shine as humans if we manage it right. Yeah, if we bring all that together. You know, so what inspired you to keep going through all this? Because I know you you overcame some pretty pretty difficult challenges. I I, I you know it it was my it was, it still is my perspective. I've never actually uh, thought of myself as just a person going through hardship. I've always believed that I was part of something bigger, even when I was a child. And I've always believed that I was really loved by God, by my creator, however you wish to call it, no matter what religion you are, no matter what belief system you are. I believe that this power that created me loved me. And I wanted to um, to be worthy of this love. So I saw every difficult experience as a test of my love and faith. And I insisted on passing all the tests. I think that notion, that perspective and how I viewed life um, had a great deal of impact on the strength I had in actually overcoming these challenges. It says a lot for the human spirit as well. You know, how we, if we really focus we can rise above the challenges that, that are presented to us. Yes, and it's, it's all related to how we look at the situation and it's all related to the choices we make. I think we, we, we must recognize that as human beings, we have free will. So we are the ultimate masters of our destiny. And the choices we make have a lot to do with the outcome that we end up uh, living through. The perspective we bring to the table is so important. That's one of the many things I really appreciate, not only about your book, but the work you do as well, is that you hone in on the one question, is our perspective correct or should we take a broader view? And most of the times we need to take a second look at what we're thinking about. Yeah, you know, perspective is really important. And this is why in the book, I've provided a lot of illustrations on uh, specific events in my life. And I actually take the reader through the different perspectives. And I basically ask them, you know, if I looked, uh, I looked at things this way, and this is what I did, and this is what ended up happening. What do you think would have happened had I looked at this situation in a different way? So I take my reader with me uh, into the experience, and I, I try to illustrate the different outcomes I would have actually triggered if I had different perspectives. And I think this is there's a lot of power there because, again, it's, it's not only preaching about certain concepts or certain beliefs that I have. It's taking the hand of my reader and walking them through my life and having them actually explore the different options and the different decisions with me so that they can see the differences in the, the outcomes, hoping that they will use that same approach as they, uh, you know, look at their own lives and as they decide how to, you know, the decisions they want to make in their own lives. 
There is so much there for us to consider. What I like is that you've been there and mapped out a path out of adversity, out of challenges, in a way that I believe will resonate with so many people. And so it has me thinking, I mean, you're so highly successful at the work you do. You're the first woman COO in Lebanon in banking. And I think what some of the most impressive things is that you have won multiple awards for developing an organization that is not only highly successful, but is a fulfilling place for people to work. So for those folks out there, let's say they have it all. They have everything they've ever wanted, success, money, you know, you name it, but they are still unhappy. What do you say to those people? You know, Marianne, I think that um, we are biased in, in uh, how we make decisions because we base our decisions on parameters that are communicated to us externally as key parameters for happiness. Uh, for example, if, you take a, if, if someone is trying to make a decision about uh, you know, uh, a particular job, it is typical that they would explore uh, parameters like the salary, the position, uh, the size of the company, uh, because this is what is typical in our society. When in reality, these parameters are not really the parameters that are going to yield happiness. For me, there are other parameters that I look at. For example, I look at the culture of the organization. Is this a place where I can express myself? Is this a place where I can love and feel loved? Is this a place where I can create is this a place that I would look forward to coming into the office every day? And so I think a lot of the, uh, you know, the reasons that are causing unhappiness is in reality the fact that we don't really understand what is happiness to us. And this is why in the book, I offer a set of exercises that would actually take the reader through a set of questions to help them reflect on their own biases and to help them identify what really, what is really happiness to them? And I think this is a very important part of the book, the exercises, the, you know, the work that they have to do as they reflect on their own lives, as they reflect on their own uh, priorities in life. Where do you see that people get stuck the most? Oh, it has to be implementation, Marianne, because there's a lot of information there's a lot of beautiful concepts that have been proven scientifically whether in neuroscience quantum physics epigenetics you know there's so much information out there and a lot you know there's so much information that is actually scientifically proven so they are facts i think people struggle with okay so i know this i agree with this information but then how do i you know adapt it into my life the component of implementation seems to be really, really challenging. People tend to separate what they know from how they live. And I, I hope that this will be the value of my book, because in my book, I'm, I'm really focusing on that component, because this seems to be the, the most common challenge people have. So in my book, I'm taking the concept and I'm actually showing the reader how I used it to make a decision and I'm actually taking the reader all the way to see the results of this decision. And in, in, the, in the second part of the book, I'm actually offering uh, a step and guiding principles that if people try, they're going to see a, a great difference in the quality of their lives. 
Well, that's definitely an empowering step. And you know what? You talked about spirituality inside the organization. And I think for a lot of people in the U.S., they're going, gosh, that sounds really interesting. You know, what type of studies was that? Is it more business related, spiritually related or both? Okay. Well, first, I'd like to just clarify something. The term spirituality um, can, can have multiple definitions. The spirituality I focused on in my action research uh, was defined as sense of belonging, sense of belonging not only to the organization, sense of belonging to, to, you know, globally, sense of belonging to a bigger universe, sense of belonging to the power that created us. So the term spirituality that I use in my doctorate degree was very far away from religious uh, spirituality. This was about sense of belonging and a, a connection uh, to everything around us. Um, so the idea was to, to adapt a certain management style to implement certain actions within the organization that would trigger people to feel this sense of belonging and to actually watch what happens. And in fact, what we ended up doing is we, we implemented those actions and we measured the ratios of the, uh, of the organization And through my research, I was able to provide evidence that if you enable feelings of spirituality, i.e. sense of belonging to a bigger, to, you know, to a higher power, uh, a sense of connection to everyone around us, you're going to end up optimizing the performance of the organization. And this is something I'm very proud of. And I'm so grateful that I was given the opportunity to implement it in this organization But um, working in this organization is a dream, not only for me, but for majority of people that work within this organization. And, and I hope that I can encourage other organizations to actually try it within their own organizations, if not uh, for the sake of, uh, you know, uh, quality of life for humans, uh, maybe for optimizing their own performance. So when you are um, talking with organizations and looking at their structure, what are some of the things that you see that they could change immediately that would actually benefit the employees? Well, the first thing that uh, is really important to me is the layers of the structure. Uh, you see, many years ago, organizations had a lot of layers because each layer represented a level of controls within the organization. But that's not necessary any longer with, with the information technology uh, evolving. We don't need to have human management layers to, you know, to, to, to ensure that the company has proper control. So layers are very damaging for, uh, for this type of, uh, of implementation because the more layers you have, the more you will be actually suffocating uh, the creation of people within each layer. Oh, that makes perfect sense, you know, because it's more difficult to really kind of talk to anybody or implement something new. Yes, and, and you end up introducing a lot of uh, issues and concerns that would go through the human mind as they make decisions. Uh, do I want to upset the person in the, you know, in, in this layer? Do I want to align with this person? People should not be in a situation where they have to worry about things like this. They, they simply should be creating. You know, it's interesting. Many times you hear about people who end up in careers or relationships, and you often hear them ask, is this who I am? You know, a lot of times you'll have people who have like midlife crisis. 
because they feel like they're not really living their full potential. How can they overcome that type of that feeling or, you know, really get to the sense of who they are? We need to go back to the decision that they made. So selecting um, who you're going to work with, selecting who you're going to be with, selecting your friends, selecting your partners, that selection process is usually uh, based on a certain criteria that the person goes through in their own mind. And if that criteria is wrong, they're going to have issues. Um, for example, if, um, if I perceive happiness and joy uh, begins with uh, a particular brand that I'm going to wear, uh, I may just go ahead and invest in that particular brand. And when I, when I do that, I'm going to find that, you know, no, I, I still don't feel happy. Well, it has nothing to do with the action you did. It has to do with the parameter you use to make that decision. And this is why, uh, you know, I go back to my book. And, and one really important exercise that I offer my reader is the reflection on what is happiness? What does it mean to be happy? Uh, there's a lot of marketing around the word happiness. And there's a lot of, you know, uh, communication, external communication, where we're told what is supposed to make us happy. And if we're getting carried away with this and we're biased with this, we're going to end up making the wrong decisions because we're selecting the wrong parameters simply because we're told that if you do this, you're going to be happy. So we need to go back to the decision-making process and we need to go back to the notion of calming our thoughts so that we think clearly without basing our decisions on messages that have been focusing on us. So in calming our thoughts, is it the fact that when we get emotion involved, you know, it tends to also lend to the ego and we end up just kind of in places where we aren't making rational decisions? Based on my experience, I, I definitely see a lot of danger in, in, um, in having thoughts that are constantly busy trying to survive. Um, the reason is, is really simple. When you are in a situation and you feel threatened or you feel uh, uncomfortable, uh, the first thing you're going to feel is fear. And when you feel fear, you're just going to be reacting. And typically that reaction will be driven by your ego. Uh, and typically when you react, uh, making mistakes is very common in reactive actions. However, if you, if, you, if you look at it differently, imagine yourself looking at a situation from a different perspective. So instead of looking at yourself as, an, as a, you know, a party within the situation, you're looking at, you're observing yourself behave. So you're able to think more calmly about what needs to be done. And you're able to think more calmly about the results you want instead of reacting to a particular event because you're afraid. So having calm thoughts is really critical uh, to making proper decisions. And it is really critical to unleashing the power in us because when, when our thoughts are calm, uh, we will simply not react anymore and we will shift from reacting to managing the situation so in reality, we become the masters of our destiny instead of someone 
just running around to survive within that situation. Yes. I mean, it makes such a huge difference. And that's one of the things I really appreciate about your book because you go into how it is that we can view things differently, remove the emotion out of it and make rational decisions that will actually change our lives. Well, you know, Marianne, usually any situation will have, you will, you will typically have two directions, not more. Life is really simple. Um, I think we overcomplicate it with our busy mind trying to, you know, just create scenarios so that we can react. But if you go back to the simple perspective, there are only two directions. The first direction is to be afraid, react, uh, be angry, hate, um, vengeance. And those typically are uh, reactions driven by your ego, and they are very much fear-based. The second direction is very simple. Your focus is your own inner peace. Your focus is what will that experience yield in terms of learning? What, what is the growth that I'm going to achieve going through this experience? And so if you put yourself in that situation, you're going to realize that the, the, the decisions will be totally different. One will be driven towards a different higher perspective where your focus will be to learn something. Uh, it will be to it will be knowing that this is going to be this is going to serve you because you're going to learn and you're going to evolve. The other one is just driven by anger, hate, vengeance, and reactions. And so these are the only two directions. There is not a third direction. So things are really simple. If we just you know sit back and before making every any decision try to calmly think about the end result of our decision, we're all going to be making uh, the right decisions. So does this work even when we're surrounded by negative energy from unhappy people or situations and just thoughts? Uh, it, to me, definitely, of course it does. However, I have to say something. When there's a lot of negative situations everywhere, so we cannot control our external environment. Uh, we can control how we receive this environment. And so, if I am in a situation where um, there's a lot of negativity around me, there I have two choices. If I'm spiritually trained, and so I'm someone that, it, that pays attention to my own energy. I'm someone that doesn't react. I'm someone that has calm thoughts. Then there's a great opportunity for me to help others in guiding them to see a different perspective. And that is a wonderful opportunity because I could actually make a contribution to turning a negative situation into a positive one. However, if I don't have that spiritual maturity, if I don't have that training, if I don't feel that strong yet with my own energy, then I probably will, I'm probably not ready to make that contribution yet. And in that case, it's better to, you know, move away from the negativity and protect your own energy until you feel strong enough to help others. You know, uh, you know, when uh, the other day I was talking to a friend of mine and we were talking about this specifically and I said, you know, when you go on a plane and they tell you that if you need oxygen masks, first put your own mask on, then help others. It's exactly the same situation. If you are not well, and if you're not protecting yourself and, and nurturing your own energy, 
you're not going to be able to help anyone. Going into a negative situation will simply drain you. So focus on you being healthy, protect your own energy so that you can help others. That's such a positive way of looking at things. And, you know, it's, it's so true because we attract what we, um, what we put out. And so for a lot of people, if they start working on the positive, regardless what's happening around them, you know, they just focus on that will make such a huge difference. And I know, yeah. And, you know, in your book, you talk about spiritual nourishment. So what is that and why is that important? Well, you know, it's, you know, when you, when I think about it, I, it, it shocks me that, that not, you know, that, that it's not a common topic that we talk about because, okay. So we all recognize that we're not just a physical body, right? Because emotions are thoughts are not really, you know, physical. And so we have a physical body and we have a non-physical body yet most people spend all their time focusing on the physical body. So it's very common to hear people talk about food, nutrition, you know, working out, exercise, taking care of the muscles, taking care of the fat, you know, this is very common. But nobody talks about the importance of keeping our thoughts clear, uh, keeping our thoughts calm, uh, mental, you know, having mentally, our mental state of mind, uh, focusing on keeping that healthy. We don't talk about that. Yet, it is as important, if not even more important, because we all know that stress and our inability to have calm thoughts can actually have an impact on illness and disease in the physical body. We know all this, but we don't take action to say, okay, the same way I'm going to take care of my body, I'm going to take care of my mental state of mind. And it is, if not more important, let's say it's equally as important. And in my book, I offer an exercise where I ask people to actually write down the activities they do in a typical day so that they can actually see how much time they invest in, their, in, in caring for their physical body and how much time they invest in non-physical body, i.e. their emotions, their mental state of mind, their thoughts. And when you actually do the exercise, you will be shocked at how much we neglect the non-physical body. That's just amazing because you do hear about people where they're focused so much maybe on the physical body that the rest of it just kind of falls by the wayside, you know? And, and it's, really, it's really important to, to, to highlight the fact that any issue in the mental state of mind is going to end up appearing in your physical body. And so there is no reason at all to neglect the non-physical aspect of our existence. So how important is it that we make lasting changes in our perspective and lifestyle? Well, the same way you need to make a change in lifestyle to live a healthy life, you, it's, you have to make a, a, a change in lifestyle to be able to, to live a healthy uh, mental, mental life. You know what I mean? Like, if, if once you've actually tapped into the power of your thoughts, once you've actually experienced how um, the quality of your life is different, how you're more at peace, how you're more ha- you're happier, you're never going to want to go back. You're going to find yourself doing more research, investigating, trying to actually put more time into this. 
uh, trying to invest more in keeping your thoughts healthy, in keeping your emotions healthy, in keeping yourself calm, because you're actually going to feel the power uh, of those emotions. So when we talk about feeling the power of our emotions, what do you mean by that? I mean the difference between being in a meeting and being triggered by a negative comment that makes you lose control of what you're going to say and being in a meeting where you're sitting there calmly observing the meeting and mastering the management of the meeting. That is the difference. I will not be triggered. I am the master of my own destiny. I decide what I want to feel. My power is my power. I am not going to outsource my power to anyone. No one will control my mind. No one will control my emotions. And no one will certainly control my behavior. Well, I know in your book, you talk about the importance of keeping our mind clutter-free and clear. So what does that look like? What's that all about? Okay, well, if we recognize, for me, the thoughts are everything. This is where it all starts. If I have positive thoughts, then that is going to have like a domino effect all the way through my behavior, my relationships, my my world, my environment, uh, how I feel, how much I enjoy life, how much I'm capable of loving. And so it all starts with the thoughts. So if I'm being very selective about what to allow into my thoughts, I'm actually taking full control of how I'm going to feel. However, if I'm someone that, uh, you know, is just allowing anything into my thoughts. So, you know, I watch uh, movies that tell me to, to try this product. I run, I try this product. Um, I see commercials about, you know, buying a certain item because it's going to make me happy. I run and I buy this item and it doesn't make me happy. Then in that case, I'm not in control. I'm, I become the puppet of external messages. I've lost all power. And this means that I've kind of dived into a vicious cycle where I'm constantly running around working to obtain certain things and then realizing when I do get them that, no, they're not making me happy. And I keep running around until I age, until I get sick, until I eventually, you know, die. And uh, that is giving up your power to external messages, regardless what they are. And so there's a huge difference. The difference is, am I the master of my own destiny? Do I decide how I'm going to feel, how I'm going to behave? Do I decide what makes me happy? Do I decide how much I'm going to work for this happiness? Or am I subjected to triggers from the outside that push me into different directions and consume my energy trying to reach a happiness that is defined by the external environment. And there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of work in the book on this component because I think it's, it's a really important component for people to get a handle on. It seems to be a level of discernment that most people don't even understand that they have control over. I don't blame them, but it's time to make a decision to find what makes you happy. It's time. And I think there's so much dissatisfaction 
um, in the world because everyone realizes that, you know, the life that we seem to be living uh, is simply not the solution. Uh, there's, there's ample examples. Uh, people don't need this much to be happy. Yet we're giving away all the things that truly make us happy uh, to run around and find happiness uh, that is defined externally, a happiness that may not even exist. Yeah, it's, it's really kind of a fleeting thing. And it's interesting, you know, just reading your book really helped me to identify where I'm putting my energy. Because, you know, like I said before, it's like, you know, we're, we really have to discern where we're doing that. And, you know, I'm one of the most people that don't know we're doing that. So. Yeah. I think, you know, I think we all go through this, Marianne. And I think the, the beauty of, or the value in my case, uh, the value of the intensity of the events I went through is that the harder you're pushed, the more pain you feel, the more you start questioning. And there, so there's a lot of value to, to these experiences because you start questioning, this can't be why I exist. So let me think, can I do this differently? And, and this is where I introduced the notion of calming your thoughts to be able to connect with this higher power. Because once you establish that connection, then decisions become really clear to you. You don't struggle with decisions anymore. You feel it in your gut and you know what to do and you know what choices to make. I feel pain watching people um, suffering when, when they have the power, they just don't see it. And this is what I want to do. I hope my book uh, achieves this, this mission of simply getting people to, to, to you know, just, just calm your thoughts and discover it. Experiment with it. You have nothing to lose. You're, you're probably suffering now. You have nothing to lose. So try it and find your own truth. Oh, I love that. I love that, you know, because we all need to find our own truth and what really makes us happy in life. And we're the captain of our ship. And different, and we're different, Marianne. So it's not like I've discovered this truth and I'm telling people about it. No, not at all. I discovered that each one of us has their own truth, their own happy parameters and criteria. What I am saying is calm your thoughts so that you can hear it. Calm your thoughts so that you can see it. And I'm showing people what worked for me. And I'm also showing people what was validated through scientific research and through evidence. So I know in your book, you talk about gratitude. Why is that so important? Why did you develop a, a whole section on that? Well, Again, life is so simple. We just overcomplicate it. But in reality, choices, you know, emo everything is so simple for us. There are two types of emotions that we can feel. You have the negative emotions, and I think everybody knows what, they, what those are. And you have positive emotions. And positive emotions are, are emotions like love, gratitude, um, connection to others, the, the, you know, the emotion of giving and the feeling of being part of, of, of an entity uh, where you can share learnings. And gratitude is kind of the, the thing that unleashes a shower of positive emotions. Because the moment you open your eyes and you just remember 
some of the things that you have uh, that you take for granted that you don't even recognize that you have, the moment you remember those and you feel gratitude for them, then it's really hard to be sucked into any negative emotions. Uh, let, let me give you an example. So if anyone that has ever been through, well, we've all been through, uh, you know, the horrible um, the horrible experience of, of COVID-19. We've seen people, uh, some of us have actually gone through it, we've suffered. So anyone that has ever experienced what it feels like to be sick and not to be able to breathe, well, that, well, we must be grateful for our ability to breathe without pain, Marianne. It is simple, small things like this that are really not small. It is things that we realize how, how precious they are only when we lose them. We must remember these things because remembering these things will allow us to feel the sense of gratitude, the sense of love, the sense of satisfaction. And it would really depict um, core things that are important in our lives. And the moment we start feeling gratitude, you have a whole bunch of emotions that are going to follow. You will immediately experience love. You start seeing things from a totally different perspective. And you're there in a cycle of beautiful, positive, elevated emotions. This is why gratitude is so important. And it's available to anyone. We all have things to be grateful for, all of us. And it's interesting. We take so much of it for, you know, just, you know, like, oh, of course I'm supposed to have this. Or, you know, of course I, I should be able to breathe, no problem. You know, not really realizing that, you know, there's so many things that we do have to be grateful for. Absolutely. Well, I know you have the five gratitude principles in your book, and we're not going to cover those here, but I, I found those to be pretty profound. When you were developing those, was it something that came from your core, or is it something that you've actually learned through the work that you've done? You know, uh, actually, all I did is document how I lived life. And I'll, I'll be really honest with you. I've, I've, uh, I've always known how I've lived life. And I've always believed that this is the way I was able to turn hardship into success. But after doing my doctorate degree, which entailed a lot of research, I realized that this pattern that I've discovered through my own personal experience has been validated through scientific evidence. And that gave me the, the confidence to actually talk about it openly. Because now I don't have to say, well, this is what worked for me and I don't know why. Now I can actually say, look, I did this, it worked for me. And by the way, this has been validated through scientific research. And so that means that if, if you try it, it's gonna work for you. The odds that it will work for you are very high. And so, the, 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 personal, the documentation of my personal experience, coupled with the research I did, provided me with, with uh, a foundation uh, where I was able to feel really confident in talking about this and sharing this information with the rest of the world. Well, I love that because it's not just based on feeling. You've done some research to come to the place you are with how you not only help people, but organizations. Be yes, because people need that. I mean, before I did the research, I, I, I could talk about exactly the same concepts I'm talking to you about today, 
And there will always be someone in the room who would look at me and who would make a comment like, uh, you're in haha land, you know, you're so emotional. Um, so the scientific evidence um, makes people comfortable and, and gives credibility to the information I'm sharing. And it makes people comfortable that they're reading, that, they, that this is actually a fact. And it's not only, uh, you know, my own emotions. Well, I know that you have people from all over the world that you work with, you know, businesses and individuals and entrepreneurs. You know, what's the number one question they have for you? How do I implement it into my life? How do I do this? I mean, today I was talking to someone who I love dearly and, and, I, and she knows all this. And she said, please give me steps. Give me steps. What do I do? And I, I, I actually did that. And, and found, actually, she's not alone. All, everybody has difficulty taking the concepts and putting them through, adapting them into their lives. And this is why my book has a lot of illustrations on how to, because I think this is really needed. And this is what's going to help people uh, try to adapt some of these concepts. Now, does it take you a long time to kind of really review with someone what happiness is and get to the root of their happiness? Not really, Marianne, because all I have to do is ask a few questions. People know the answers. I don't, I don't give anybody the answers. All I do is simply trigger, give them questions so that they trigger their own thoughts. Remember, we all know this, but some of us are really busy uh, suffering, uh, worrying, being anxious, so we don't spend time on it. If we calm our thoughts, we will all find the answers. So all I do is spend time with, with people uh, and simply ask questions. What do you think about this? Why do you think you're doing this? Could it be, could it be, could it be your past experience? Why are you worrying? Are you worrying about something that you think is going to happen? And most of the time it's yes. Well, can you predict that it's going to happen? Are you sure it's going to happen? And the answer would be no. So it's actually a, a dialogue where I ask a lot of questions to trigger their own thoughts so that they find their own answers. The answers don't lie with me. They lie within each one of us. I'm just facilitating the process. Okay, walking them through how to get to their own resolution for their life. Exactly. That's so empowering. My goodness. You know, I know that you also, you know, really encourage people to cultivate a desire to learn. Why is that? Because I believe that we are here to go through experiences, learn, share, love, and get stuck in this beautiful cycle. Because when we do that, the love is going to, to trigger gratitude. It's going to trigger more giving. And imagine a world where this is what we do for each other. If uh, learning is a very critical feature of, uh, in humanity. And so imagine going through a really difficult experience and learning nothing from that. What a waste. You suffer, you go through the pain, and the end result is what? You learn nothing the odds are you're going to have to go through something similar again to learn. Because if we're here to learn, then every experience we go through has to give us something, some kind of a learning uh, to be able to, to develop our own truth. 
if we don't learn from our experiences, if we don't learn from each other, we will never be able to find our own truth. So it's, it's, it's an innate feature in humanity that should never, um, should never be limited. I am just so impressed with this book, Untamable. I felt it really shifted things for me personally. And congratulations. I know it was just out yesterday. What are your final thoughts to leave our listeners with? My objective is to touch lives positively. Whether I know the people that benefit from this or not, I will feel the energy of my contribution. I will feel the energy and I will feel the need to actually learn and give more. Um, And I hope uh, and I pray that whoever needs this will find a way to have access to it. And I hope that everyone who, uh, who sees it, who reads it, uh, can actually go through the exercises and uh, find their own truth because it's not enough for one person to be happy. For us to achieve real happiness, there must be happiness in the energy around us. We must all strive to find our truth because this is how we will all achieve the true happiness that we seem to be running after. I know a lot of people are looking to find that happiness somewhere, and your book is such a great resource for them to take an inward dive and to really investigate what makes them happy. So Nala, where can people connect with you, learn more about your work, be part of your community, and even get you to work with them if they're looking to change their organization? Well, I have a website that I've launched uh, to hopefully be able to, to, to talk to people, to, to, have, to discuss uh, certain things with people. Um, and my website is listed on the back of my book. Uh, and I hope that uh, I will certainly be committed to responding and to connecting with everyone that reaches out to me. Well, Nala, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show with us here today. Thank you, Marianne. I'm really grateful for this opportunity to to share uh, my thoughts with you. And I'm really grateful for uh, your support and your, your kind words. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, Nala. It has been such an honor to spend this time with you and to talk about your work, Untamable. Claim your power, live fearlessly, and become unstoppable. Untamable is available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and all indie retailers. And if you don't see it on the shelf, ask for them to order it. And of course, support our indie bookstores. If you're looking to improve your company culture or perhaps even your own mindset, make sure to reach out to nalabudiab.com for more information. Well, we're at the end of our time today. I would like to thank everyone for tuning in. You're listening to Moments with Marianne, where we make every moment count. In a single moment, your life can change. Moments with Marianne is a transformative hour that covers an endless array of topics with the best of the best. Her guests are leaders in their fields, ranging from inspirational authors, top industry leaders, and business and spiritual entrepreneurs. Each guest is gifted and a true visionary. 
a recognized leader in her own work, and while teaching others to develop, refocus, and grow, Marianne will bring the best guest and sometimes a special surprise. Don't miss this. You never know just which moment will change your life forever. Tune in and visit momentswithmarianne.com for more information.